Wrong button, but here we go again, baby. Again and again and again. There it is. What is up, everybody? And welcome back to another hot episode of the Neon Belly Podcast. We are your hosts, Nate. John. Guest host, Jacob. Guest host, baby. I love it. Today, we are going to recap this past Saturday's UFC Fight Night. Sergey Pavlovich versus Curtis Blades. Mm-hmm. Then we will get you guys set up for our picks and predictions for this Saturday's UFC Fight Night, which hilariously is now the main event for this week, which was supposed to be last week's co-main event. Song Yedong versus Ricky Simone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> say that five times fast. <laughs> then with our very own Jacob here. You know we had to play it. Our favorite game. You know uh-huh. it. You love it. We got a little tapper cap coming. Yes, and finally, all the news and happenings, which features a plethora of fight announcements from this past week. And we figured, you know what? Instead of just announcing them, we're going to rank them. Yeah. Because that's how we do it here on the Neon Belly Podcast. Keep you on your toes. So all 10 fights that were announced last week, we're going to rank them least important to most important in our hearts. Mm-hmm. All that and more. But first, boys, how we doing? Episode 130. Mm-hmm. of the Neon Belly podcast, or as some people are calling it, the number of years since the launch of the Navy's first battleship, the USS Indiana episode of the Neon Belly podcast. Oh, yeah, that is that is this one. Yeah, I didn't wow. even know. A couple people came up and I've told been me looking about forward. it. I had it marked. But I know. You think sometimes 29, 31, you get it mixed up. It's crazy. 130 years. USS 130th Indiana. 130th episode, yeah. A couple yeah. people said it. I have a dog. I used to have a dog named USS Indiana, so... <laughs> I heard it about it at work. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. There was some chatter in the break that room. Might have been where it came from, honestly. It just, you know, you hear about this stuff and you're like, hey, you got to go with it, whatever. Uh, yeah, as we as we said, new uh, guest host today. Well, not new, but Jacob Herlock. How you doing, brother? New gym. Yeah. New gym. A lot of work. A lot of 16-hour days, 14-hour days. Yeah. You know, stepdad's been helping me a lot. You know, some of us don't have... You know, not million dollar companies that can afford to get it all done in a day and have mm-hmm. twelve guys working. So, yeah, you know, we just kind of do what we can. It's been a a really really long process of drywall and like drywall. You, you know, you sand mud and then you got to like wait a couple di- you know a day. Then yeah. You gotta, okay, hopefully it works out. Then paint dry. You know what I mean? It's just a lot. It's been a lot of process. And that dust is like glitter. It don't go away. <laughs> oh, it's gonna be so, on you. Yeah. Yeah. So they had sanded it all, and it just the whole room is just dust. And then we get yeah. ready for comp training yesterday or this will be saturday morning and i i have like a cleaning crew of guys and they were supposed to go in friday night so i'm under the assumption they went in friday night so i go in at like eight to like get some work and right clean up and stuff like that they didn't go in <laughs> so do the mats are just covered i'm in there just trying to hustle uh, I, I mopped it three times just trying to push broom vacuum it was rough yeah well i i mean we've all said it a million times but i speak for everybody that we're just extremely blessed lucky to have a place like this Mm -hmm. and um even if you already do train come come catch a class man come check this place out i know it's not fully done how much longer do you think it's like fully fully done fully done so i mean that means like all the new mats the weights because you got a cage i mean there's a cage there's not not looking forward to putting it up Um, yeah (laughs) i would say i would say we will be really 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 close to being completely done in three months now the locker rooms will be done hopefully next week right people can know have to change in the bathroom well the new mat space should be ordered and installed in two months it's about a month to get the money then a month to get get all the stuff ordered cage will probably take a couple weekends and then that'll be about it. Matt's got a lot of weight stuff in there already. So, Mm -hmm. but if you just want to come catch some rolls, it's ready. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you can come check it out. Um, 
Also, a quick announcement, as we do every year for the NFL Draft, mm-hmm. next week we will be doing our third annual Knee on Belly MMA Draft. Um, and in case you're new here, it's seven rounds. Every round has a different stipulation. You can pick one fighter per weight class, and every team has to have at least one female fighter. Uh, it's probably one of our favorite things that we get to do every mm-hmm. year, so make sure you check it out next Monday. Um, but, John, what I really want to know is – uh, what quarterback are the Colts going to inevitably swing and miss on for the fifth straight year this year in the mm. NFL draft? What's your prediction? Honestly, I have no idea. I'm still holding out hope that we get Lamar Jackson at this point. Because <laughs> oh, he doesn't want to play for the Ravens. We have the pick to trade. I mean, who knows? Does it really matter, though? I guess. I mean, it does. It <laughs> definitely does. But I'm also to that phase now to where it's just like, I'm going to wait till about week 17 before I uh, give my opinion on whoever we have a quarterback because I've been burnt multiple times at this point. That's right. None more than Andrew Luck, though, right? No. Burned you hard. No, not as bad as what we thought we were getting out of Matt Ryan. Jeez, man. Also next week, we're going to have two episodes as uh, we'll obviously have our weekly Monday episode. Uh, Then we're going to be doing our next kickback live show on Mm -hmm. the MMA Underground YouTube channel the Friday before UFC 288. Um, That'll be May 5th. So uh, we'll update more on that next week as well, but plenty of Neon Belly Boys Mm -hmm. for next week. Mm -hmm. So make sure you get to the MMA Underground, um, the YouTube, follow it, subscribe. Make sure you click the little bell notification so you know when we're going live. You know, it's time for the rate, sub, follow, and Jacob, I feel like you know it. You know what we ask the people to do each and every week, so let them know. I do know because I listen to every episode. I love it. Uh, right now, we really need people, and I say I as in the Neon Belly guys. Yeah. We need you guys to rate, subscribe, like on TikTok. John, I think, has been doing the Twitter stuff. I yeah. look forward to the live updates and playbys. Yep. Uh, Apple Music, Spotify, YouTube. Uh, I've really been enjoying your interviews, Nate. So that's always been that's been a nice Appreciate thing to listen to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, five stars. It helps, yep. us, it helps them grow organically to mm-hmm. where... It pumps up on people's feeds, and that's what that's what it's all about, helping helping some local guys do something nice. We appreciate that, and I'm going to tell you something right now. Brandon's probably done that over 80 times in this podcast's history. It's never been that good, so no. you just nailed it first try. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Every time Brandon's like, oh, I don't know, uh, uh, why uh, don't you do it? Type us a handwritten letter. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I think, uh, what's our social media that we've had for the existence of this? Send me an email and wingdings. <laughs> just random stuff. Brandon, man. we miss you, man. We miss you. You never, <laughs> you never sent me that clip. I was really upset because you... Oh, I know. The, of John? The, of John, because you only posted it to your Instagram yeah, story. I'm going to get it. I was looking at it for TikToks. So I was going to show someone because <laughs> I literally was just dying laughing. I'm going to get it just so we can have it, and I'll post it in our group chat. That way know. it exists forever. And John, you can't hide behind it. Well, never. here's the thing. <laughs> we can do that, but you mess up on here too, and I have... Access to footage that is now, true. That so. is fair. That is fair. Boys, let's get into it. UFC Fight Night from Las Vegas. Sergey Pavlovich defeats Curtis Blades via first round knockout. Boys, the Russian word for power might be Pavlovich. I'm looking into it. Give me a week. I'll yeah. tell you later. <laughs> I don't got my translation uh, book, but geez. That is now a UFC record. Six straight first-round knockouts for Pavlovich. 15 of his 17 professional wins are by round one knockout. Mm-hmm. Unreal. Um, I told you last week, John, that Pavlovich had faced guys who were willing to exchange with him, right? And that's where a lot of these knockouts had happened with Tuivasa, Lewis, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I said, there's no way Blake 
Blades would do that, right? Wrong. <laughs> yeah. um, I also said one thing Blades had improved on uh, was not shooting naked takedowns, right? And, and really using his hands to set those up. Wrong again, because the one takedown he attempted was extremely naked. But to his credit, I think he was actually rocked at that point right. in the fight as well. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, that was... Um, always going to be the story for this fight, right, for Pavlovich, and honestly, every fight moving forward for him, you either take him down or I think you're going to sleep. I right. mean, that's just what it is. Yeah, and, and I mean, I think Pavlovich did something very smart. He threatened that uppercut all the time. He was punching him dead in the middle of the chest, so his his he isn't aiming too high where sure. you could get ducked under, and I think that, you know, I said it in the group chat, is I think Blades just has to diversify those takedowns because that just ducking under yeah. – What's what got him caught against Lewis? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. At this point now, these guys know spam that uppercut, stay, you know, short. And I think that's kind of what happened to him. And then, like you said, by the time he actually tried it, it was a little too little too late because he'd already tasted the reckless power of Pavlovich. Yeah. What do you think, Jacob? Well, uh, I, I thought Blades was doing good on his jab. He he Mm -hmm. was doing like you could tell, okay, what what's he's trying to do? He's trying to take him down. But you can't go in there and just rush into a knee or an uppercut. Like you learned his lesson already. So I thought his his jab, his movement started looking good, but then he just started getting tagged a couple times, and yeah. it was just one too many of getting tagged. Uh, you know, he wasn't taking the center at all. He was getting walked down, which, you know, when you can't control that, that distance when you're getting walked down, it makes you take really long, sloppy shots, mm-hmm. which big guy that's going to sprawl on you like that, there's just not much. My, yeah. my question is, what do you think was more impressive? Like, are you more impressed after watching, like, Derek Lewis sleep him Blades, or are you more pre- because Pavlovich didn't do the one punch knockout. Right. Now, he, now he may hit hard and may mm-hmm. have dazed him with sure. a jab or whatever, but you're talking about one hit sleep. Are you more impressed with like Lewis doing that to him or Pavlovich what he did? Lewis was impressive because he actually timed to take yeah. down, right? Where Very it's like did. if he gets on his back, he's probably not getting up, and that is impressive in its own. But like, I think what is scary to me and like. Everybody shared the video this week, and I forgot about it. it was Pavlovich under that bridge, just like shadow boxing? <laughs> yeah. Have you seen that? No, it's, it's scary. scary. Yeah. Like, like his, he's preparing to fight a, like a shark. Dude, his hands are so fast for that size. Like, I like, and I even thought in the fight that showed like how fast his hands mm-hmm. are. Um, so I don't know because that's just a tough one. But I, I still, even with recency bias, I still might lean the Lewis just because it's like you know if Derek, Derek Lewis gets taken down there, it's probably over. Right, and I think for Derek Lewis too is like you said the timing, but he wasn't in this in this fight where he was overwhelming Blades and then he landed that shot. Sure. He was kind he, of on his heels almost. Yeah, right. he was waiting for it. Whereas yeah. Pavlovich, Walk he him down. he trusts yeah. his chin so much he gets reckless. He just goes forward, kind of boxes you in until one of those outside punches lands, and when they do and they clip you, then he starts punishing you. Sure. Um, and there was a couple times where Blades kind of landed some good shots, um, countering him, but it's just you could tell Pavlovich was eating everything. Right. So. And I know, like for Jacob, I know you're obviously not in the Blades camp to know this, but as somebody that like does prepare game plans for people, you're a fighter yourself. Um, what did you kind of make of that game? Because you kind of touched on it there with Blades. I mean, he was t- and he he was having early success landing on Pavlovich. Did that maybe just make him think in the fight, like, okay, I'm having success. I'm going to keep going to this because surely coming in, there's no way that that was like advised, right, to sit and stand with Pavlovich as a coach, or was it like, let's try to shock him? Like, is that a real thing? You know, that, you- that would that would really surprise me. It's basically <laughs> yeah. like so like sometimes. Like a lot of my game plans, why well, I I want to do enough stand up, and GSP was the master at this. I do enough stand up to where you, because you know GSP doesn't take you down, right? Everyone knows sure. you. So when you when you start your hands a little low, then he starts working off that jab, starts working the one twos and the kicks, keeps you at distance, pieces you up, 
And then you're like, man, this guy's going to kickbox. Now my hands come up a little bit, and he's still jabbing, jabbing. And now you're like, man, he's he's going to kickbox me. Then you throw, and then he level changes and goes, mm-hmm, and yeah. it looks seamlessly. So I, I would imagine he was trying to do something like that, make him think, hey, maybe this guy's going to kickbox with me yeah. or just throw hands. And then when he overcommits, but, man, he did a good job of – not over committing too much on shots until he was like hunting for the head at the mm-hmm. end. But really, he was doing a good job walking him down, staying tight, staying behind this jab. And I think it really threw Blades off. I think I thought Blades maybe thought he was going to have a little bit more success on like jabbing and mm-hmm. keeping him at late, you know, keeping sure. that range and then making him commit to a shot. Yeah. I That's just, what I saw. And, and well, it's just curious because I, I, I think so many people today are like, not that it's overshadowing the knockout, um, but a lot of people are just like, calling this like one of the lowest IQ performances in UFC history, like fight IQ performances. Like what was he thinking? Um, and then I heard, I think Dean Thomas say that, and, and you can kind of probably speak to this as well Is like, sometimes when you start having success with your hands as a grappler, like Curtis blades has been of late, you fall in love with that. You start so dropping. Dumb. I hate it. And I mean, but is that a real thing? You know, cause I mean, it does kind of seem that we do see that sometimes. We, with guys. I mean, we certainly see it. I mean, yeah. even like around like local fighters around here, you'll yeah. see a, a, a you know, Division One wrestler wanting to just throw hands. I'm like, yeah. why? Dude, Joel hands. Romero. Do you, like, do you, okay, I get it. You want to throw hands, but do it like uh, GSP. Yeah. Like, who can do, do you guys remember? Like, I remember being in like 2009, 2010 at beat ups, 2011, watching GSP. Yeah. And people didn't, I mean, it was a relatively boring fight, but people didn't care yeah. because he was a winner. Sure. Mm-hmm. So, what do you care more about? Going out there and, you know, throwing some hands or, yeah. or doing or winning the fight? I mean, that's a good that, point. I remember getting so hyped for every GSP fight, knowing that he was probably going to sit in half guard or close guard sure. and stay on the outside of his jab and just win fights. Sure. Mm-hmm. So I don't get it. Do you think there's something to that takedown, that kind of just kind of duck down takedown that he does that makes it a little bit difficult it's for somebody question. who isn't being over aggressive, like a, a solid stance heavyweight? Well, or is it just because you're not blasting through his hips at that point? You're kind of sure. more at that stomach. Yeah, MMA wrestling and like like collegiate level wrestling or high school folk style freestyle, it's so different because the distance is different. So mm-hmm. like when you're wrestling, you know, whether it's freestyle or folk style, you are you're normally like arm's length. Mm-hmm. And like fighting arm's length, you are that's way close. So like you can cover a lot of distance with like a step in jab sure. to where I could be like from me to you and just bang, step right. in a jab. So that's what these guys are really fighting at, but that's not what you wrestle at. Right. So it's like What's your options? Do you shoot like a low single, like kind of like Habib does, where he just low right. single and then figures it out from there? But, you know, you just try to shoot on a guy's hips by just a not even a level change, but he's just doing a small level change, kind of like ducky, not like a true shot. Mm-hmm. Right. I don't know. I mean, I like a lot of those heavyweight guys, they do a lot of upper body stuff. Mm-hmm. So, right. you know, you need to have either like a really quick low single to where you can just go in there, get to the leg, you know, then elevate or cut the corner or something. Sure. Mm-hmm. Or you need to do better at pushing people up against the cage, which means you need to go out there and take the center. And, you know, really what he should have done, you doing that is throw a bunch of, you know, throw some funk kicks, throw some mm-hmm. stuff to the body, try to push him against the cage. Then when he goes to sprawl, he doesn't have room to go. Like, even if he's off the cage a little bit, when he goes to sprawl, his feet are going to hit the cage, and then mm-hmm. you can at least drive into him a little bit, and now his back's on the cage. Now you can work. Yeah. Right. But you ain't going to do nothing when he, when your back's on the cage and you're shooting from so far away. Sure. You don't even have to be good at sprawling. Yeah. And Pavlovich doesn't know backwards. No, no, that's for <laughs> sure. One thing you said, though, I do, going back to it, about Curtis Blades, because you mentioned the GSP. Like, he was a winner, so people loved it. He didn't care. That was like Curtis Blades' 
hundred percent. That was like his mantra. After every fight, it was, "Hey, I don't care." Like, because he was being called boring by fans, by Dana White. You know, even was outspoken about like, "Yeah, he's just not a fun guy to watch fight." And he's like, "I don't care because I'm winning fights." Well, then he becomes exciting, and then you know he's you get getting bonuses. Yeah, you yeah. start getting bonuses, and people are like, "Oh, what Curtis Blades has hands or whatever." And it's like it does make you think, like, man, at the end of the day, is it about world titles or is it just about mm-hmm. like, not getting called boring? And I don't know. Or getting you getting your money, getting your bag. But sure. to me, I feel like the the bag and the stuff's gonna come once you are that level. I mean, because like look at like DJ. DJ yeah. was I don't think DJ was ever in boring fights where he hung out in people's guard yeah, or half 100%. guard. But he, it was the, he never got pay per views. Yeah. And then you go look at like Chel Sonnen, who all his game plan was put your head up in his cage, mm-hmm. pitter patter. Yeah. Would have destroyed Izzy. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, like people, right. people just don't. I I don't think it's like weird because like we also say we don't like the heels, mm-hmm. but. But that's who we who we sure. watch. You know what I right. mean? Mm-hmm. Like people tune in to see Colby, even yeah. though they say they hate him. Right. People tune in to see this. It's almost like you want these guys to lose. Yeah, you want to see it. So I'm like, man, if I was Blades, I'm like, I don't care. Someone stop me. Yeah. yeah. I mean, did you guys think Khabib was boring because he laid on someone's? I mean, realistically, if you go watch his, that Connor fight. It wasn't that exciting of a fight, except for the fact that you're like on edge. Like, right. is he gonna knock him out? Is he gonna get wait till he gets up? Is right. he gonna land a big uppercut? Mm-hmm. I mean, but realistically, it's pr- pretty boring to watch a beat fight. He just yeah. tries to take people down. He sits on your legs. He, you know, throws some pitter patters. Right. It's not like super exciting. But who? And I don't know. So, but and even yeah. by the time he left, he was one of the biggest pay per view stars, he, and he right. didn't have the most like you're saying, not the most exciting style yeah. either. Well, and there's so. that side, and then there's like the John Fitch or like Damian Meyer to where sometimes sure. it gets to a point to where it's like, oh man, this is because I think there's a there's one thing to be to use your wrestling and then get the ground and pound, get the submissions. If you're not getting that, and it just kind of seems a lot more laying and stuff like that, I think that's when you see people feel a little bit type of way about it. I but, think people like effort. Yeah, mm-hmm. I want to know someone's yeah. trying. Like I want to see, like I want you to try, right? And I think even if it's boring, GSP was trying to stay on top and trying to stay active. Sure, yeah. And Khabib is trying to hit you. To me, that's that's more exciting than just dominating a position. You're not really trying. I want effort. Yeah, right? I'm not a big fan of somebody taking somebody's back and then you're not even even attempting the choke or anything like that for you know two three minutes straight. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you're on top of somebody and you're landing elbows and then they clinch for a little bit and you're landing more big shots, I think that has something to it. Let me submit a couple names to you guys: Derek Lewis, Francis Ngannou, Anthony Johnson, Rumble Johnson. Ooh. Just to name a few. But is Sergey Pavlovich the most powerful striker in UFC history? Mm, we have to see the numbers. I, I mean, UFC records, six straight UFC right. knockout finishes. I guess my only thing that I would maybe say is he hasn't that hasn't won him a world title yet. Like it has right. maybe a Francis Ngannou. Mm. But, I mean, I just, I don't know that we've ever seen. I mean, this is, I mean, it's crazy. Man. Well, it's interesting too because the even, way he's doing it. Right. And you've even seen like Anthony Johnson, right? Punch DC, knock him halfway across the ring and DC didn't go out, right? Right. If Pavlovich lands that punch on anybody, they're going, I mean, I but don't know. I think, just, well, I think the difference is when you see Pavlovich in like the Derek Lewis and then even this fight, it's a clip and then it's sure. ground and pound stuff that finishes him off. We've seen Derek Lewis walk away and plant people and we've seen Francis Ngannou send Overeem's head into space. Sure. So it's the optics, I think, that might make that a little bit hard to choose. But I definitely know that nobody's signing up to get to eat a flush shot from Pavlovich at this point. Power is definitely a little interesting. You know, I can speak to this a little bit. Uh, someone, my buddy Brock, was asking me yesterday when we were watching this fight. And he's like, man, that guy hits hard. He's like, who's the hardest that's ever hit me? Uh, for me, the hardest I've ever been hit by someone not trying to take my head off was Matt Mitrione. 
Mm. And he, mm. I mean, just his hands and his, just so much weight behind it. It just hurt. Like it hurt. Like I didn't feel like yeah. I was going to get knocked out, but it just was so not fun. And Michael Bisbing has talked about this. They have asked him, you know, it's a common question. Who's the hardest that's ever right. hit you? And like the hardest that you ever get hit, normally you don't feel because you just get knocked out. You wake up, you're sure. like, what happened? The, but then some people, when they hit you, or no, Chael Sonnen was talking about Michael Bisbing. He said, Michael hits so hard. But Michael's not necessarily known for his knockout power, but Chael said every time Michael hit him, he said it hurt so bad. Yeah. And that's how, like, I was sparring with Cam Van Camp like two weeks ago, and Cam's like that. He he doesn't really throw hard. He's not trying to, like, knock my head off, but just his snap hurts so bad. And I could feel like this guy is a lot like that, where he doesn't even necessarily throw haymakers mm-hmm. like maybe a Francis but just him sitting on a one-two, yeah. you just feel the power in those hands. So, I mean, I think it's definitely in discussion, if and, not there. And I think you see the technical difference between a guy like Pavlovich and Francis, too, mm-hmm. with what mm-hmm. you're saying. I mean, he, he can sit down on, like, a one-two. He's not just winging And you're out. probably filling those through the block, right? I mean, you're, Curtis did. Yeah. He hit him with one that he can fully blocked, and it still, like, kind of knocked him back a little bit. And you bit. see that sometimes so. with kicks, a little, I feel like, a little bit more often. But the fact that these punches yeah. in the first round, you're not even tired. You haven't took right. a lot of them to your hands, but they're already coming through your arms. Sheesh. So we know Stipe Miocic now is supposed to be next for John Jones, but nothing is official yet so how much does sergey pavlovich now change the conversation for who's next for this heavyweight title i think people want stipe really see i feel like a lot of i've seen people that want pavlovich now i've seen a lot of people today just be like forget i I love stipe because people love stipe yeah but they're like i love stipe but i wanted this i think if you don't like john jones you want pavlovich i love john jones and i'm gonna do if you're gonna do stipe you either need to do it now or just not ever do it that's how i feel yeah well and i think it's all on john jones because he's the champ and he's the one who's gonna because love stipe to death but he's not selling the pay-per-view it's john jones as much same with Pavlovich love Pavlovich but he's not selling it so it's really going to be on what John wants to do and if you're John Jones you probably want the Stipe that's been sitting on the sideline not the guy who's knocked out six <laughs> people in the first round well, in a row right and we don't know who's holding up that fight between Miocic right. or Jones you know you've heard back and forth from both guys but I just feel at the very least if it is Stipe that's now holding this fight up the UFC now has a bargaining chip with Pavlovich mm-hmm. that uh, can possibly give Stipe a take it or leave it all offer you know like right. they can just say like hey Stipe we love you dude but you either take this now or we're moving on because this guy I mean he's a star I feel like I really yeah. do. And, I, and not that I like this, but they've been known to do interim stuff. So if it's John sure. Jones holding it up, who knows if they try to put Stipe and Pavlovich together. Yep. I mean, I've seen some people, you know, Aspinall, they're saying might be ready in July. So maybe mm. that's another op- uh, option for Pavlovich as well. But that cat and mouse would be. It'd be a tough I, first fight to come back I, from. I, I mean, I think I think for Pavlovich, I mean, I think he's a clear, you know, okay, let's say Stipe. Stipe and John's book. I mean, he's a clear number one contender. Yeah. I think if Blades won, and he was supposed to be getting the yeah. title. So right. if I'm if I'm Pavlovich, I'm like, I'm not gonna fight Aspinall. No. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go be happy. I'm gonna let this play out. I'm gonna take a little time off, rest, recover, get strong, mm-hmm. game plan. Because you assume John Jones is gonna win, yeah. and it's gonna take some time to to you know bring people in like John that are gonna throw oblique kicks at your knee and side right. kicks stuff that he's probably not super familiar with right. at, at that heavyweight level. Yeah. And he was a backup fighter. So at yeah. this point, right, that's yeah. that's like instant number one. He could always, Especially now. Yeah. That's the yeah. meta. All he has to do is default and be like, well, Colby, right? Yeah, like, if I make weight and I'm there. <laughs> Absolutely. Boys, the next fight we're going to get to in the co-main event, Bruno Silva. 
defeating Brad Tavares via first round TKO. Uh, Bruno stumbled Tavares, uh, then caught him with a big knee, Oof. really nicely timed knee there. Uh, followed it up with a big right hand that sent Tavares to his back. One follow-up shot, and then uh, referee Mark Smith steps in. This is a tough one. Tavares immediately protests the finish, um, and I have to be honest, for me it did seem a little bit premature, but your guys' mm. thoughts on that. I think it's more about like sometimes when you do that, it's how you fall, and that, that ref has to now make... Yeah. Once he's committed, you're kind of like committed because we've seen it happen before where a ref will like get in and then like start putting hands and like, oh, wait, he's and then now it's yeah. a huge. If you're mm-hmm. going to commit, just, just commit. Um, I wasn't I when I saw the fight, I wasn't like, OK, like that was clear. Like I sure. I could if someone wanted to protest, I would understand. But I also think that it was a justified stoppage yeah. just because of kind of how he fell. No, yeah, go, go yeah. ahead. Well, the optics of him, yeah. I felt like he was out before he landed. That probably woke him up. Sure. And even though he was still moving, he wasn't covering his face at all. And you just got to imagine the strikes that he's going to take. And we've seen fights go on longer than they should and stop sooner sure. or, you know, a little bit more premature than that. So, you know, like we always say, referees have a job to keep people's health in mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, I think the optics of how he fell back from that right hand didn't sure. look great. And, I mean, even as he was coming up, he kind of was grabbing on the ref's leg, so he didn't quite know who he was even grabbing. Right. So it's kind of hard to say for sure, but... Yeah, it, it may not have mattered in the end. I don't think it would have. It was a clean shot. He did go straight to his back. And, again, you know, kind of like with the... Um, who was it? Derek Lewis that got knocked out. Was it by Pavlovich? Yeah, Pavlovich. And he just fell straight to his face. Like, it looks terrible regardless of how quick you pop up. I just think for a veteran as tough as Brad Tavares, who's been in there, he's displayed, like, crazy heart, crazy chin... I would have liked to have seen him get a little bit more time, but I'm not saying that would have mattered in the grand scheme because yeah. it was a clean shot that sent him down. So Yeah, and I think it's it's kind of us like battling our own fandom right. with the way we watch this because, you know, when we talk about other guys, it's like, man, you'd hate to see him take more damage or it could have been an even bigger shot next. But then there's other people where it's like, oh, well, you know, you watch Chet Congo and Pat Barry, and it's like we wouldn't have got that fight right. the way it happened had somebody stopped it after the first knockdown. Sure. So it's kind of hard to battle, like, the safety of the fighters and how tough these guys are. And as a Junior Dos Santos fan, trust me, I know. <laughs> Boys, the next result, we're not going to air horn this one. Bobby Green versus Jared Duh. Gordon ends in a no contest. Accidental headbutt by Bobby Green. Uh, dropped Jared Gordon, and then Green just knocks him unconscious on the ground. Super unfortunate to see a guy fully get knocked out on an accident like that. Um, when I saw the replay, you knew it was going to be a no contest no contest, because we've seen this similar situation play out with Kevin Holland and Kyle Dawkins, right? Mm-hmm. Got knocked out. They ruled it a no contest in the ring. Um, but I guess I'm really glad, actually, that we have Jacob today um, because I want you to kind of maybe explain one thing that they said on commentary, and you hear this a lot on commentary, is when you have a orthodox southpaw matchups, these accidental headbutts are always a risk. Can you explain kind of why that is? Yeah, so, well, I used to do this, have this problem with Jaden a lot. So if you guys don't know Jaden, he's our 125-pounder. He likes to pressure forward, and he would stand southpaw, and he would like to slip to the outside. So when I go to cover, he would run into my elbow a lot. Mm. So I bought elbow pads because I was elbowing him by accident. Um, so when when someone throws and they go to slip, the southpaw, just how where your legs are at for the battle to the outside, you just get that, that impression a little mm. bit more. Mm. Um I watched most of the Bobby Green, but we had we had all of our girls uh, around there, so I, I had to go back and rewatch uh, the knockout. And I'm like, it happens, you know. It's like 
how, he was always like leading with his head, like yeah. almost for like a takedown. It was kind of a weird punch. He said he was trying to do an elbow. He said, "Well, yeah, because it looked like you hit him with the top of the head. Like he was really like yeah. face down when he went for it." Yeah, yeah. I thought it was a really weird kind of like how that whole that little clip played out. Like, why mm-hmm. is your head right there? It's like you almost like bull rushed him. Yeah, it it happens. I I was curious on your guys' take about how. Uh, about what would you do on the payment situation on Bobby? Because that was what he, he was really not. protested about. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think he answered one question from that lady and then walked out. Yeah. He's like, pay me my money. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How, what would you guys do? Because he was a clear winner of that fight, right? No, what, no? They, they ruled it no contest in the cage. The the commission instantly. But, like, watch, but watching it, he, he was like, let's say it was a decision. He would have won. Or what round did it happen? It happened in the first round. Yeah, yeah, no, you're fine. It happened in the first round. And to be honest, um, I thought Jared Gordon was actually doing really well in that fight. Um, But it was going to be a close first round. It, it is tough, and I and I feel like the UFC, Dana White, they usually do a pretty good job of just, you know, paying guys for stuff like this, so I hope he does get something mm-hmm. out of it, um, because it is a complete accident. I mean, and it just happened, and I even think Jared Gordon deserves something for it. Yeah, at least give them both maybe, out. like, their show money. Maybe oh, not win sure. money, but at least give them their show. See, I feel like they need a little bit more. I mean, yeah. they'll definitely get their show money, because they showed up, they made weight, they fought, but I just feel like they do deserve a little extra, and like I said, for a guy like Jared Gordon to get knocked out cold over something that was a complete accident like i hope they kind of toss him a little something extra there too well what was interesting was bobby green's comments too is saying basically yeah there was a headbutt he tried a triangle i fought over it right landed punches and he was out yeah. so he mm-hmm. felt like he was still in it and we talk about a week or so ago with kelvin gasolum and chris yeah, curtis where if chris curtis doesn't survive that dude is this a no contest for that fight because they didn't even really talk about the headbutt or address it um, I think that's where the Nevada State Athletic Commission deserves a lot of credit for that because they've consistently handled it in this manner, right? Yeah. Um, I believe that that was a, that was a fight in Miami, correct? Right. So different commission, and but again, that's where we talk about too, just seeing more consistency across commissions for because mm-hmm. it shouldn't be something where you fight in Vegas and then you know you go to Florida and you're seeing a completely different right. rule set or stipu- like things like the Gaslam. Uh, well, uh, Chris Curtis. Well, situation. if Gordon survives that onslaught and is able to get back up what do we do at that point yeah. with the headbutt like how do you address the headbutt that had bobby green get on top of him land some punches you know kind of yeah. like the chris curtis kelvin gaslam where curtis was lucky enough to shake it off yeah. and get up but not so much for gordon what do you think about this i've mentioned instant replay like because i still think that should be something in, in mma there's no the technologies there in every other sport even baseball uses it now what do you think about like a coach or a cornerman seeing something like that that maybe throw a brick. like throw a brick in a challenge a red whatever and say hey we want to stop the fight challenge that you can only do it one maybe each corner gets one per fight you know whatever they do that in collegiate wrestling yes yeah a, same big, thing it's a big Similar thing, thing. Um, and it saved a lot of math i you I, know watching it during the tournament a hundred percent i don't i don't disagree with it it's it's really tough in a fight when you're going and like, it's the right. same thing with like a nut shot, you know, it just, it just messes the flow up. Sure. Like I've been mm-hmm. in a fight where I thought I was done fighting. Mm-hmm. And then like, I thought the guy would like, he got kneed in the nuts. And then I thought the ref came and he's like, Hey, I think this guy's looking for a way out. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, it's done. And then you got to like get back up in that mindset. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't disagree. I think the MMA rules as a whole need kind of an overhaul. Yeah. Personally. Yeah. Um, you know, especially with the grappling portion. Sure. Um, but I, I don't disagree with the red brick. Yeah. Maybe everybody just adopts Ohio State Athletic Commission. <laughs> yeah. These people are the worst. <laughs> <laughs> but, like, they do that in, like, boxing's, like, real big. I, yeah. I don't know if it's changed uh, recently, but, like, how boxing used to be is, like, you know, they always have 
boxing negotiations are really tough. It's always A side, B side. We yeah. want this, we want that. So like in some states, you're allowed to use tape on your hand and then gauze and then tape again. Other places, you're just allowed to use gauze and tape. Yeah. So like having a complete unified where we don't have to argue about where we're at. Yeah. It just makes more sense than anything. Even the hydration stuff. I mean, that's been an it's issue. It's like in the NFL, right. it doesn't matter where they play at. Exactly. Yeah. It, yeah. It and shouldn't. with MMA being so young too, I mean, we had states where it was illegal until yeah. recently um, in True. the past, you know, five, 10 years. So I think it's just something that they have to just catch up on being so young at this point. I, I would like to see an overhaul of the rule set. I don't, mm-hmm. I, I hate Joe Rogan's take on like how they should fight on like a basketball court. Yeah. <laughs> like that's really dumb in my opinion. Yeah. Like the cage is part of it. Yeah. Like, okay. So you're going to give an advantage to Stephen Wonderboy Thompson would essentially never lose a fight because no one would <laughs> yeah. catch up with them. But I think the answer to that though, is what you just said is an overhaul in the grappling as well, especially in the grappling rules, yeah. you know, in terms of like setups, resetting guys up. Up and because one thing Rogan says is you shouldn't stand anybody up like just get up. I disagree. I agree. I don't think any I, if someone can't get off the cage, that's their fault. Yeah. I worked hard to put them on the cage. Same thing with the ground. Yeah. And then like, do you how much do you reward like stopping if someone shoots and you stop it and you're back up to the feet? Well, I'm dictating where that's at because I stopped you from taking me down. Like, how right. do you score? You know, mm-hmm. I don't think that gets looked into enough because if you land that takedown, you see a lot of guys in a close fight like stand up one takedown even though it's not even really that meaningful and then i've also sat next to judges where they're like you know people say oh get a takedown last 30 seconds get one takedown and they're like i don't count that that doesn't matter to me because there's no real damage done for it but to me like you know that's like well do you know what do you just score you just exclusively score damage you not score this like i i think there's a lot of biasy in and inexperience in a lot of these judges. I think we've seen it here recently. Yeah. Um, you know, play out, but it's even worse at like I don't want to say local levels because it's a lot of those guys it's the same guys kind of running it the is. show, but uh for the judges, but it's it's bad and I think they just need a complete overhaul of how they judge things. I don't know if I have the right answer. I you know, I think it'd take a a lot of people like you know, get some some legends, you know, get the Dom Cruz, the Bays Beans, right. get the Herb Deans, get those guys and really figure out what the best thing could be. Yeah. Yeah. And I think think a a quick fix would be a red brick. Yeah. Yeah. You you could implement that tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. MMA is so complex, man. There's so many things you're doing. Um, You're covering so many different aspects of fighting. And I do think having like refs like a Frank Trigg and some of these fighters who are coming around, uh, Chris Lieben, the crippler coming around and, and, and being refs in the fights kind of helps because they know these situations because they've been in them. Right. Um, but yeah, and I think that needs to go to judging as well. And, sure. Um, and maybe the, even putting, like we've talked about it before, doing like a review every year of like your decisions and kind of explaining them so people can kind of judge your medal as far as... I, I couldn't agree with that more. These judges need to be held accountable. These are people's livelihoods, yeah. you know, over some guy that has a bone to pick with this guy's coach or he just doesn't like grappling or he prefers kicks, you know yeah. what I mean? That's just silly. No, I, I agree. And we've talked about that before on here. So mm-hmm. uh, that's the only fights we're going to touch on this card. Um, we talked about the Simmelsberger and... Uh, uh, was it Jeremiah May? Wells. Wells, Wells, Jeremiah Wells. Uh, don't see 30-20. Talk about bad judging. Somebody gave uh, Wells a 30-27 for that after getting absolutely almost dropped and finished in the first round. Didn't see that. Interesting there. Um, the the Hani Yaya and... Uh, Montel Jackson. Whew. Yeah. It's tough to watch. And you had uh, <laughs> Kamaru's brother 
uh, Muhammad Usman yeah. in that Junior Tafa as well. So. so with our co-main event falling off, only one fight to be scored, and that was the main event. And John, you were the big winner. Only one to pick Sergey Pavlovich. Me and Brandon both took Curtis Blades, and you got all three, sir. Yes, sir. Because you said first round finish, so that gives John, or me, still in first place with 33, John 27, and Brandon slipping, buddy, if you're listening. 23 points down there. Uh, not looking good for you, man. You got, you got to figure this thing out. Out. You got to dig deep. <laughs> but we keep it moving this Saturday, UFC Fight Night, live from the Apex, April 29th, main card start time of 7 p.m. in the East. And as we mentioned, new main event for this one, Song Yidong versus Ricky Simone. Uh, this was scheduled to be Armand Sarukian versus Hanato Moicano. However, Moicano fell off due to injury. This card needed a new main event, so the UFC opted for elevating last week's co-main to this main event spot. Um, so I don't want to totally go back through our preview, right? Yeah. Um, but I will drop, I guess, a quick few numbers just, you know, for people that maybe didn't listen. But if you didn't listen, go back last week. You can hear our full breakdown. Mm -hmm. uh, but Song is coming in off his doctor stoppage with Corey Sanhagen. Um, but he was on a three-fight win streak coming into that. Ricky's coming in on a five-fight win streak. His last win was a second-round sub over Jack Shore. Um, so like episode 129, that was the last one. Go check out the rest of our stuff. So, um, we both picked Ricky Simone. Mm -hmm. Um, so I guess the only thing that I do want to ask here for our new main event, right? Um, is does that your pick change this week now that it's a five round main event, right? So we're going from three to five yeah. rounds. Does that change anything? Um, and this will be Ricky Simone's first ever UFC main event. Uh, and song is coming in off a of main event. Right. So. Yeah. It definitely makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, but I don't see Ricky Simone as somebody who would struggle to get through five sure. rounds. His cardio is a yeah. is a certified weapon. Um, so I would stick with my same uh, Ricky Simone by decision. Yeah, I'm, I'm sticking too. I don't think it'll change much. Uh, Simone did have an LFA fight that went all five rounds main event. He won that fight. Um, also... Uh, five of his UFC fights have gone the distance. He's won four of those. Uh, mm. Cardio's never been an issue. Yeah, if you for outpace like Marab, right? Enough said. <laughs> As a coach, though, I am interested again to ask you this: While we got you, how would that change your like? If you had a fighter, like what it changes when you're going from a three round now to not only just a main event but five rounds? What does that change? And I mean, you got a week, or is it one thing where? I feel like two, especially nowadays, is everybody's pretty much training or preparing for more five plus rounds usually. Yeah, we definitely don't do like so. We'll first off, I don't really like the five five round fights. I'm a I'm a believer that you know who who wants to do that for 25 minutes. That's I don't want to eat chocolate cake for 25 minutes. Yeah, famous famous <laughs> chill. I don't want to listen to my favorite song for 25. Yeah, minutes. it's just a long time. Like I think if you can't figure out in 15 minutes, yeah. like but we do get fights. We're like, man, I wish we had another round. That's true. And I wouldn't be opposed to implementing something. So what changes? I don't. I don't think very much. Like we do shark tanks where mm -hmm. we'll, we'll put someone in the middle for three minutes or for three rounds, and we'll do four minutes instead of three minutes, and we'll do a new person on them every minute to minute and a half sure. of just trying to kill them. And all these guys that are training, they're not going in there and doing three rounds and then calling it quits. Sure. They're doing ten rounds. So I don't think it changes too much. I think they're probably training as hard as they can, yeah. anyways. Um, where the five minute plays differently is pacing. You see mm -hmm. guys. And it maybe it's a little different, you know, with guys that are like super cardio heavy. Like I doubt, you know, Corey Sandhagen has to worry about taking anything off the tank. You right. know, he's or you know, Song or even Ricky. You know, sure. all these guys are going to be good. Um, but if you could just get a, like a guy that can't go out there and train twice a day, six days a week, and 
get the best equipment and the in the recovery and stuff like that. I think it has to come down to pacing and do you go out there and just try to win the first two or three rounds and then just coast like Aljo? Mm. Like that was our game plan when Ralph fought. Go out there and win the first two and just don't die the third. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, that, but then you do it like, worked. It, it does. <laughs> he won the, he thankfully won the third because yeah, yeah. he lost a second. But then you do like the Floyd Mayweather style where you give up the first two and then sure. come back and win the next three. Um, I think that's not going to be the case for these two because I think mm-hmm. they have 25 in the tank no matter what. Yeah. But, but yeah, I think I think it comes down to pacing opposed to training. I think they're like when we train. I think we train as hard as we physically can mm-hmm. for a guy that probably works forty hours, has a wife, a family, kids, and then also is trying to be a fighter on the side. Yeah, I think we train about as hard as you can. So I think these guys are training at max level, and the fact that they just get ten extra minutes, it's probably not that big of a deal to them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you have a pick for this fight? Uh, prob- uh, probably song by decision, but I. I wouldn't. I wouldn't bet any money on that. <laughs> I just love guys that just grind, man. And like mm-hmm. Ricky just has that grind, like kind of like a May Rob, where it's like he's just gonna, he's gonna shoot. He's gonna keep shooting. He's gonna he's, be there all. I like. Night. I like Song, man. He, he he's, he's got good. he's got a great style. He's uh you know he's training with our boy Lorenzo right now, which is awesome. Yeah. Lorenzo's been out Team Alpha Male helping Chad get ready for his bare knuckle yeah. fight. So that Marice knockout is still one crazy. of the ones. Our co-main event, Kayo Bohayo versus Mikhail Oleg Shajek. A uh, couple of middleweight contenders both looking to get their names into the top 15 sooner than later. Uh, Bohayo is unbeaten in his professional career uh, since 2015, a perfect 12-0 since then with one draw. He won back-to-back Dana White Contender Series matchups and is now a perfect 3-0 in the UFC. Um, Oleg Shajek is a winner of four in his last five. Comes in on a two-fight win streak, which makes him a perfect 2-0 since moving down to the middleweight division. Had a couple performances in there when he was at light heavyweight that I felt like... I I feel like he looks a lot better at middleweight, too. Mm -hmm. Um, His last win was a first-round knockout over Cody Brundage. Um, I don't know if a win gets either into the top 15, per se, but a solid win for either could definitely earn them a chance at an opponent with a number in front of their name. Uh, Who you taking, John? Who you like? Man, this is tough because I feel like both guys, the kryptonite to the other's game plan. That's a good point. Yeah. Because I feel like Bahayo, the way he does that blast double, nasty. He's very uh, um, in and out with his strikes, but he keeps his hands real low and his mm-hmm. chin up. And the thing about Macau is he throws heaters. Yeah. He throws uppercuts. He throws hooks. And if somebody's jumping in at him, that's a tough. Yeah. But we've also seen with that, Michael, is that when he gets taken down, he is susceptible. Jimmy Crute was able to just basically ride his hips all the way into a submission. Yeah. And that's something that Baha was able to do as well. Yeah. Um, but I do think that because of that, I think you kind of go with what's more consistent and what can, because you got to land a punch, I think, if you're Michael here. So I think Kayo is going to be the winner by uh, unanimous decision. I want you to say both last names right no. now. Take a shot. Give me uh, give me a shot. Give me your best shot Baha- at both. Bahio. That's good. That's pretty And the good. other one is... Olin Juchik. <laughs> we'll take it. I mean, how off <laughs> well, is it? Well, it's not bad. I mean, I'm not saying I have, like, the perfect pronounce. Yeah. I think it's Oleg Shajek. Oleg Shajek. Yeah. I keep on wanting to think of Joanna, Jan Jacek. Like, the, yeah. it's kind of hard to... Dude, uh, Polish last names are Dude, both of these guys, you have to enunciate out their their first and last name, so... <laughs> a, yeah, this is a... <laughs> this is, is the worst-case scenario for me. Let's be honest here. It is. This is uh, definitely your classic uh, striker versus grappler matchup. I think Bohayo's striking, though, is just dynamic enough to kind of deal with Oleg Shajek. He has really good footwork. Mm-hmm. Um, His and, kicks are nice, too. Man. Yeah. He's a really good kicker. That head kick is fast. Yeah. 
body kick. He's got a really good body kick as well. Uh, but I think that's going to help him kind of work his way into a takedown in this fight. Um, now, the one thing Bohayo has had an issue, especially with as he does get a little tired, is that blast double that you're talking about because it is so good. But then I've noticed when he gets tired, he'll like... That last fight. Dude, he'll shoot it from like halfway across the ring and doesn't set it up with anything. And it's like he has kind of gotten in some trouble with that. And he can't do that against a guy like Oleg Shajek because oh. uh, he's going to make him pay yeah, for his, sure. His ground and pound is nasty. Absolutely. Yeah. In his uh, the Cody Brundage yeah. fight, the last one. Yeah. I'd also really like to see Bohayo work for a finish here, right? You mm -hmm. had actually talked about earlier, like seeing guys on somebody's back for so long and it's like man just go for the finish you know he tries and, so many type of submissions too he just yeah. doesn't get them and i just think sometimes he's almost like looks like it almost appears anyways that he's almost content with just holding somebody in a position like mm -hmm. I, okay i got him here now i'm just gonna kind of chill pitter patter he, or whatever he coasted his last fight too the yeah. last round like just yeah. kind of stayed on the outside through mm -hmm. some body kicks and teeps yeah and he's done that right. on the ground too yeah yeah that and, was in abu dhabi wasn't it yeah it was um but his jujitsu is so good, and yeah. I and I think finishing a, he should be able to finish a guy like Oleg Shajek, especially if he gets to fight to the ground, which I think he can. So give me Bohayo. What'd you say? A decision. Say second round sub. You yeah, I think he can repeat what Jamie Crute did. Yeah, get to him, just kind of ride him out, and then eventually get to whatever sub he wants. I know Jacob, you're not super so, familiar with so Oleg. So Brandon, Brandon needs points. So yeah. you're picking the opposite of you two. Okay. So <laughs> I take, love it. <laughs> take the pull. Pick. We're taking the pulling guy by go second round uh, KO. All right. That's not a bad thing. That's either. how he does that, it. No, for sure. 100%. And, and like I said, since he's moved to middleweight, physically his physique's better 2 0 um, in his career since being down there. So I'm excited to watch that fight, though. I, I really like that. The Bohalo. Yeah. yeah. Man, I'm excited. And that. I mean, a record of 14 and 1 does get he's you legit. on the map, you know? Yeah. Four in a row in the division. Absolutely. His uh, cardio is not great, though, is it? He no. kind of. No, and I, a little bit. and I almost wonder if that's where he's a little hesitant sometimes or like kind of coast a little bit, especially later in fights. And you get the you get you get two guaranteed round wins. It's tough. I mean, it's really hard to just not throw some sidekicks and keep yeah. away. From well, and minutes. it's and it's tough, too, because, like I said, his style, you know, in and out, hands low, mm -hmm. chin up. As you move up in this division, I, I worry about that for him. But sure. his wrestling is really, really good. And Jacob is rubbing my legs. So that's not true. <laughs> Video coming out later this week. <laughs> Exposed. Exposed. Uh, boys, let's get into tap or cap, John. Hand out the boards while All I explain. Right. Uh, as I said, this is probably one of our favorite games that we play. So if you listen, you know the rules. But if you're new, they are simple. I'm going to read a result that has a submission victory. Um, and these guys are going to tell me if the result was indeed a submission. So tap or if I'm capping. John, say it. Cap. No, big cap. You know what to say. Big, big cap, boy. Um, and if and if it was a cap, then that means the fight ended in a different way, whether it was decision or knockout. Um, and I completely guess on these. I just want to admit that. Why does it surprise me? Like, unless I know the fight 100%, I'm just like, hmm, AB, AB, I love that we got John to admit he didn't watch a fight because I feel like now the honesty levels are just finally starting. Like, he's just being honest. I mean, I love it. Yeah, I mean, it's part of life, man. But... Well, and this one might be a little bit better for you because since we do have Jacob, I went in my bag a little bit, right? Because mm. he's an OG fan like us. But you guys watch so much more UFC. Like, I literally, like, just tuned into you guys. Sure, I'm not an idiot. I can't keep up. Like, I'll know, like, the main event stuff. <laughs> I think he's saying he's going back to, like, Chuck back. Tito oh, days. Yeah, yeah oh, because okay. I can't go back when Brandon's here because, I mean, Brandon's just a younger guy than us. He just didn't right. start watching as soon, right? Oh, so okay. I got to go in my bag. This So this is going to be the throwback edition of Tapper Cap. Martin Campman, dang it. There is one yeah. fight because I wanted to get a lady in there. So there is one 
one fight that was in 2018, but the rest of these, we're, we're going back, boys. We're going back to the high school days, all right? High school, That's middle cool. school. Middle okay. school. Um, so, like I said, this if you're a newer fan, this is probably going to be a little tougher, <laughs> but uh, the OGs will appreciate this one. And like I said, there is no deceit on the person, just for people that don't know, the person I'm saying they did win the fight against who the opponent was just the, and the, the round method. and everything, the fight card, everything, is just the method. That's all we're looking at. So, are you guys ready? The first one. At Ultimate Fighter 18 finale, mm. Nate Diaz defeated Gray Maynard, not Logan Paul lookalike, by first round guillotine choke. Mm. Ultimate Fighter 18, Nate Diaz defeating Gray Maynard, not Logan Paul's lookalike, by first round guillotine choke. Let's see it. Tap or cap? John says tap. Both say tap. That is wrong. wrong. As a cap, he beat him by TKO in the first round. Stop. I Put the he, hands on him, I thought he, I thought he caught him with a guillotine off a shot. No, he had him, like, rocked, like, yeah. stumbling. Stumbling. Oh, that is true. Yeah. He had him on the cage and yep. hit him, and then he dropped on the yep. cage. He threw me off with the Logan Paul lookalike. <laughs> oh, man, that's rough. <laughs> that As a big Nate Diaz fan, I'm feeling Dude, embarrassed. For, for him choking him out. Oh, for missing oh. that one. Well, yeah. sometimes when I think of Diaz and winning... I always just imagine him having it. I thought you were going like to say Manny. I thought you were going to say Manny Garbian. He did beat Manny Garbian in the ultimate. But, but that, but he won by Ultimate Fighter. But the, he won by like a shoulder injury. Yeah, Manny that's like popped his shoulder out. Yeah. yeah. So I thought that's what I thought you were going to say. So I wouldn't even prepare for Gray. Well, they're like when I get a technical submission, I should have went with that trick question. Boys, next one in his UFC middleweight debut. The Axe Murderer, Vandalay Silva, submitted Michael the Count Bisping by third round rear naked choke. Michael the Count Bisping. I believe this was back in Bisping's bald days. I'm just keeping the AP and erasing the C or the T. <laughs> yeah, I like strategy. it. Vanderlei Silva submitting Michael Bisping by third round rear naked choke. Is that a tap or am I capping? John says cap. Both say cap. Both are correct. I tried he, to draw a cap <laughs> and I had to erase it because it wasn't good. Uh, he won by unanimous decision. Fun fact: Vanderlei Silva only one career submission win in his whole career. Hasn't Michael? Wasn't his only submission loss to GSP though? Uh, like I don't think he really gets finished like that. Might be onto there. I, I know he's been knocked out a couple times, but I think his only sub- bomb, baby. I Anderson think his, I think his only London. submission is to GSP. That might you might be right about that. Next one, so we're one one. I like it. This is gonna heat up. UFC one seventy three boys. Daniel Cormier defeats Dan Henderson, the H bomb, the aforementioned H bomb, via third round rear naked choke. Is that a tap or is that a cap? Both quick to the boards. Jacob says tap. John says tap. They're right, boys. This is nice. John's a coward. <laughs> Dude, it is 2-2. Two, two. I love it. That I, foot sweep he hit on that that fight, that was beautiful. Can I, Yeah, I mean, John, you've got two. Can I just say, if this was Brandon, you would have already won. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could have just started like saying, what do you want me to put? <laughs> I guess I had another 2018 one, so forgive me. But in 2018 on UFC Fox 27, Jacare Sosa defeated Derek Brunson via first-round Kimura. This was before he was Blonde Brunson. 2018, Golly. UFC on Fox 27, Jacare Souza defeating Derek Brunson via first round Kimura. I don't know. First off, do you say Kimura or Kimura? Dan says Kimura. I say Kimura. <laughs> Dan does like a good Kimura. <laughs> Jacob says cap. John says tap. Who's going to get the point here? It's Jacob. It's a cap. He TKO'd him. I, that's what I thought, but I wasn't sure. I wouldn't bet anything on it. Jacob taking the lead here, three to two. That's we got fight. three more. 
Three more. So here's our other 2018. This is our only lady one. Heading back to UFC on Fox in 2018. Rose Nama Yunus defeated Michelle Watterson, now Gomez, via round two rear naked choke. I'll say it again. Rose Nama Yunus defeating Michelle Watterson Gomez via second round rear naked choke. Jacob says tap. John says cap. I love it when they split. It was Dang a it. tap. <laughs> there you go. We. Four to two. That's a two point lead for Jacob. With I figured I knew that because we right after she did that, she did that. Everyone was like, "Oh, she's a submission person," yeah. which she is because like she's nice submissions. Yeah. But that was the one that kind of really set her. Yeah. Like her grappling off. Or whatever, yeah. So this I love this. This is four to two with two left. So John, you got to work back for a tie. Mm-hmm. If he gets one more right, um, last one's worth a hundred. Well, I got points. I got I got whooped on pretty hard in Jeopardy. So I don't even know if this That's makes true. that. That's true. I think John's in trouble here with this next one. Probably. <laughs> in a UFC Fight Night main event from 2013, Uncle Chael Sonnen <laughs> defeats Shogun Hua via first round guillotine. Uncle Chael defeating. Shogun Hua via first round guillotine. Is that a tap or a cap? Tapping or am I capping? Let's see it. John says tap. Jacob says cap. I don't know. Holy fat. Oh my gosh. John's right. Oh, what wow. a comeback. <laughs> Even if I lose, you got a chail question wrong. Oh, there you go. That's a win in itself. But that's three to two, which means, John, you could, in theory, tie this up. Mm-hmm. We're mm-hmm. going for a tie, and I don't have another one, and I almost love when it ends on a tie because we get to run it back in a rematch That's later at a to be, later date to be announced. You guys know I love a good tie here, and I think this is going to be interesting. The pressure's on for this one because at UFC 116, Indianapolis, mm. Indiana's own, I was, okay. Chris Lights Out Lytle defeated Matt Brown via inverted triangle armbar. Is that a tap or a cast? John went so quick to that board. <laughs> Here's the thing, and I will say this. I gave you the Uncle Chael because I know, obviously, Jacob loves his Uncle Chael. And, John, I gave you a Chris Lights Out Lido because I know know. John likes the light. Jacob says cap. John says tap. (laughs) Folks, we have a tie. (laughs) You know what it was? He had him in, like, an armbar triangle, like a double. Well, he got the inverted triangle from, like, half guard. Yeah. Almost like that three-fourth north-south or quarter Mm north-south, whatever. But it was more side uh, side control. Yeah, he got the uh, triangle, and then he Grab kind of, like, arm. pushed the arm down. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's why I was like, I figured, though, if I put an inverted triangle arm bar, it might, might even, stump you guys. Even beyond that, once you said Matt Brown, I was like, oh, yeah. Because when I think of Chris Lytle fights, that's the one I remember over all of them. Yeah. Yeah. I'm watching it right now. All right. Uh, yeah. it's it, Dude, it's nasty. nasty now. It's, like, one of the coolest all-time submission uh, wins. In, oh, okay. Yeah. So he sets it up. He's... Oh, he's in half, or he's in side control. He dumps over to like yeah. crucifix, and then he has like a Kimura. Yep. Or he like yeah, he like Kimurism with that arm. Yep. I love yeah, it. Ties. Hey, that only means we get to do a rematch, and I love a good rematch. I love yeah. when it ends like that. John, let's get to the news. Going on the news. Mm. Going on the news. Mm-mm. If you don't like it, Brandon will punch you and give you a bruise. The news. All right. Well, like Nathan uh, said, we're gonna go through these fight announcements. And, uh, Real quick, John, does he have to give the Uncle Chael card back? Ooh. Or are you going to let him keep it? I'm no, let you, him, can, you can I'll, try I'll, to take it Listen, if you want. I'll let you keep it if you'll admit that Izzy would beat him. Stop. Why do you say dumb things like that? <laughs> what do we got? What do we All got? right, so we have, as you guys have probably seen, we had a plethora of fight announcements. So what we're going to do is we're going to run through them and put them in order of yeah. like what we're excited about, what they mean to us as far as fans. Sure. Um, so let's just jump right into it. July 9th at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas at UFC 290, Robbie Lawler faces Nico Price. Uh, Lawler and Nico seem to be cut from the same form of 
Savage Cloth, and this has potential to be fight of the night. Um, Lawler and Price are never in boring fights, and both of them really need a win right here, so I think they go for it hard. Yeah, so this one's number 10. Yeah, number John, 10. John promises he'll say the rankings before each of them. No, I can, sh- I can show you a text that says this don't say the rankings, only say oh, the dates. I apologize. Okay, so I we'll, got receipts. <laughs> I thought you meant uh, the fighters' rankings. No, no, okay. it was the ranking for the thing, so, so that's I'll 10. That. I'll eat that. I'll All right, eat that. Number okay, 9. Hold on real quick. What I want to say is just in terms of fun, like peaking interest, it definitely has that. Just not much meaning in this one, which yeah. is why it's ranked so low. I'm sure our boy Damian Dino Swook would have something to say about that yeah. as a massive Robbie Lawler fan. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I will say, I did want to add this. If Robbie announces this is a retirement fight, probably moves up the list a little bit, yeah. right? It means a little bit more, but for right now, uh, two just legends that are fun. It'll be a great fight, but... D- yeah. Lowest ranked here. Yeah, no way it's a boring fight, right. but we talk about implications in the matchups. It gets a little bit better. Absolutely. At number nine, we have June 3rd, main event for a fight night card. Two top 15 uh, middleweights clash when Jack Hermanson faces Brendan Allen. Mm-hmm. Huge chance for Brendan Allen to extend this winning streak and become a tender or a contender or for Hermanson to prove he's still a top guy in the division. Yeah. Um, I think yeah. Go ahead. I was gonna say there's gonna be a lot of these middleweight matchups, and this yeah. is just still happen to be the least exciting one. I'm here for the number one chicken contender. I know you call, <laughs> you called him a tender. I That's say true. we stick with that moving forward. Yeah, I think a win would just be big in terms of placing in the division for, for Brendan Allen. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of how I'm, I mean, I don't want to, I hate putting like that gatekeeper term on guys, but I feel like that's kind of where Jack Hermanson's almost kind of found himself. He's fighting for a spot, I feel like. Yeah, essentially is to where like Allen's going to look to make a name and, and just keep propelling himself up. But I mean, this will be a good fight. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving to number eight, July 1st in Las Vegas, headlining a fight night card. Another middleweight fight sees number seven, Strawn Strickland facing a scary opponent who's only had one fight in the UFC and finds himself in a top 10 ranked fight and a main event event as Abus Magomedov yep. uh, finds himself in a rare opportunity and unprecedented where if he wins, he fast tracks himself and Strickland, and Strickland, just like with Alex Bejeda, stepping up to fight whoever the scariest yeah. guys. Uh, this is uh, I'm not going to say it's a lose-lose for Strickland, but he doesn't have no. nearly as much to gain as Magomedov. I think he does. And so like, dude, I've actually almost in the last 24 hours since we went through these well, 48 probably, mm-hmm. almost talked myself into moving this fight up because like have, I know like Jacob, you probably haven't seen this Abus fight, but I feel like for me, um, I don't want to say the word Hamza Shimaev-esque but I mean, this dude is scary. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of like a, a Shavkat. Is he just like a, re- is he just S- use hands to set up wrestling or violence? No, he's or? just violent and he's like so he's he's daggy german he was born in daggy stand but trains and fights out of germany um he beat dustin stolfitz i don't know how to pronounce yeah, it some, I believe that's but it. kind of like similar to like when like hamzat beat mershart like like okay this is this the guy that came in from a different organization. yes pfl, PFL. and he's scary and pe- people are mad he's like oh this guy gets uh right. to jump right cut everyone through the rankings right. yeah so well i think the difference between hamza is he did get beat in pfl before coming to the ufc yes. and that's something that people are kind of harping right. on with this but he's like 3-0 and in his last three. He took a long break because he had a couple fights. Like, he was supposed to make his UFC debut a long time ago, but a couple fell off. Um, but I, like I said, I've almost talked myself into moving this one up because I feel like Sean Strickland, uh, Kyle Bahayo, actually called yeah. it out and was like, how does this guy get a sh- number six ranked middleweight? And Strickland responded, actually, and he explained his side of it, which is, the UFC, and Dana White has even said, is nobody wanted to fight this Abu Smagomedov, which I get it when you watch the one fight he has. It's scary. And then Strickland was like, they basically told me, I'm not going to get anybody in the top six anytime soon. So it's like, you either wait or we'll give you this guy and we're going to pay you more money to fight him. Mm-hmm. Because the UFC clearly... You know, they're seeing the dollar signs probably like and and we've seen with Alex Pedata, like you mentioned, this has a chance to like 
Now, I don't think his next fight will be a title shot like it was for Pedeta, but, right. I mean, it's going to be a big one if he beats Sean Strickland. So Yeah, and, um, you know, it's also one of those things where the UFC needs to have more people for sure. Izzy at this point. Yeah. Um, based on the people he's already beat. So yeah. having some fast-tracking certain people yeah. might help it out. And say what you want about Strickland, but, dude, credit to that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, even for more money, like, to take another fight kind of like company this. company man, baby. Yeah. yeah. But it's it's big, man. It's scary because there's not much in it for him, like you said. But I do think they do reward guys for doing yeah. favors, and I think he's definitely doing the UFC a favor. So if he wins, I still think it moves him up. So right. uh, Number seven, we have June 17th in Las Vegas, another another middleweight fight. Yeah. Uh, this one, the battle of two top Top five fighters is number three Marvin Vittori faces number four Jared Cannonier. Both guys want to stay and play for title shots, but both guys have losses to the champ and also to Robert Whitaker. So a statement win does keep their name in the mix. Yeah, who cares? <laughs> they're, just, they're just not going to be as good. They're they're not going to be yeah. the top. They're, they'll be right here for a while, and they'll be the gatekeeper for the two or three. Yeah, yeah. it's with with the way that the division has gone because of what Whitaker and Izzy have yeah. done, it makes it difficult. And that's kind of what I said. Like, I just don't have a ton of high hopes for the fight itself. Because you kind of know, like, Vittori doesn't have, like, highlight reel fights and finishes mm -hmm. and stuff like that. And Cannoneer, you just don't know what you're going to get from him nowadays. You get a guy that just sits there and does nothing. Right. Like, dude, his fight with Izzy, I was, we, we watched it at my house. Yeah. And we, I was falling asleep. Yeah, it was frustrating. And I'm like, why? Yeah. You, you're here. Why, why not? If you know you're losing in the fifth round, why right. not go out there and just try to get something done? Yeah. Mm -hmm. and I don't I, know. It makes I, me mad, And honestly. I think it'll be a close competitive fight, but it's just like... Yeah, the winner, you know, probably yeah, right there the at the title. But PFL belt, or who cares about those guys? <laughs> you heard it from bunch me. Of, bunch of bums. Yeah. Coming in it. at number six, July 9th at You UFC. can actually challenge. Hold on. You can actually challenge him. Jiu-Jitsu match they can. I know. That's what I'm saying. You're probably like, you're what, probably like a couple months from 85 now. Like, oh, you, Dude, I know. It's, <laughs> it's not far off. I mean, I'm just saying. Go ahead. Uh, coming in at number six, we have July 9th at UFC 290, a lightweight fight that was previously scheduled mm -hmm. between Jalen Turner and Dan Hooker will be rebooked. Dan Hooker had to pull out of the fight because of injury. Uh, Jalen Turner um, was kind of past the idea of rebooking the fight with Dan Hooker, um, getting Matthias Gamrot, but after losing that fight, finds himself matched up with the hangman. Um, and this is just a chance for Dan to kind of use a younger guy to kind of get himself back up there or for Jalen Turner to kind of springboard off of what Dan Hooker's name has been. Yeah. So I have a question about that. So Jalen, I saw him tweet something like, hey, I don't really want to – I like this guy. I don't really want to fight him. I'd yeah. rather go train with those mm -hmm. guys. Uh, okay. So if it wasn't booked and now it is rebooked, like, is it, do they just have hmm. – do they just really, really want to see this fight? I'm like, <laughs> you're saying they can't find anyone else for the fight, this Jalen guy? Or I didn't can? see that. Well, yeah, Jalen came out and said, hey, Hey, I'd rather. I mean, I like this guy. I'll fight him, but I'd rather go train with those guys. Really? And yeah, because he likes Izzy and stuff. He said that after oh. the. So that's when he said he wasn't interested in the fight anymore. Uh, that's why I was. I was really interested when they rebooked them. Like, why is there not anyone else? I, I didn't. There fight? weren't a lot of people who were signing up to fight Jalen Turner. I mean, this guy is huge for 155. Right. I, I get it. But um, like, and Dan Hooker will fight a a, a bear right now. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. I loved the fight then. I love it now. Mm -hmm. um, like, I feel like there's no way this fight leaves round one. But hearing that, it's like. Well, now is it, does that kind of take a little, like, I don't know, have you ever fought somebody you, like, genuinely liked? I mean, how tough is that mm. mentally to liked. get up for it? No, no one that I genuinely liked, but I, I wouldn't be, I mean, it, we, we get matchups all the time because sure. we train at a lot of different spots and people want local fighters, so they'll ask us to fight, like, an IBG guy, and I'm like, yeah, we can fight him. I was like, I like that kid, though. We'd yeah. rather go train with him. I was like, yeah, there ain't no yeah. one from one of these gyms we don't train at, no one right. from Ohio, Kentucky. I remember Highball Dan was like that, where it was just yeah. like, oh, like we'd kind of, you know, like we, we just yeah, we like, like this. We like Aaron Highball. <laughs> yeah. We don't want to fight him. Yeah, like, yeah. 
Uh, same with Sean when Dan fought. I'm like, why? Yeah, like, there, there ain't no yeah, one else same to thing. fight. You yeah. know, I, that's that's. I mean, that 55 division we talked. You've, you guys, we've talked about it. Yeah. You guys talked about it. Yeah, that thing is so. St- there ain't no one there want to fight this this tall guy that can take him down and wants yeah. to beat him up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Well, and he had a good showing against Gamrot. So guys are probably just sure. like, you know what? Uh, let's let Dan it's get him because Dan will fight anybody. Yeah. Uh, number five, UFC returns to Jacksonville uh, June 24th for a fight night card to be headlined by number five, Josh Emmett against number nine, Ilya Tapura, which will be aired on ABC. Um, we've been big on Ilya, and Josh Emmett is a monster, so this is the type of fight yeah. that could put anyone back into well, for Emmett to get back to that title shot and for Ilya to push his name up there. Oh, yeah. Ticks all the boxes for me. Massive fight. Great matchup. Big for the division. It's going to be fun. Don't um, blink. Yeah, don't That's blink. That's going to be a good one. It's going to be fantastic. It's just these next... The only reason it's kind of lower is these next all have you, title in Do you hold any... Do you the, the With the Ilya Tapura, do you put any less stock into that Let's say let's say Bryce really was sick. Like I fought when I'm sick in the winter time when you're all stuffed up. It sucks. Yeah. And he said he was really sick but needed the money and fought. So do you put any or or do you just say, Hey man, this is this guy's the real deal? Or is he as exciting? Yeah. Let's say you beat a Bryce Mitchell at hundred percent. Is he as are you just as excited or do you are you a little less excited because sure. beat a Bryce Mitchell that was really sick? It's always tough for me yeah. because I feel like when I hear guys, and and this is coming from somebody that doesn't fight, has never fight, I've never needed money or relied on fighting to pay my bills, but I just feel like when I hear that, I'm always like, I'm sure some guys are telling the truth, but it's like hard to believe that everybody's like, oh, I was injured or this hurt or I was sick. Yeah, you know? I, I'd imagine nobody's 100%, did, right? When you so Okay, so when you get done, like let's say you have a real bad cold, mm-hmm. right, where it's just like throat hurts and yeah. you're getting over. That first week back to training sucks. Tough. You're like, man, I just mm-hmm. I feel like I just yeah. don't have my lung capacity sure. at full. And like, I, you know, I've, I used to fight in January and in February all the time because that's mm-hmm. Slater's birthday was in February. Yeah. So you know, I fought almost every January and February right. for like five years. And I just was always sick. And we didn't used to have like a really good diet system. Sure. So when I got done weighing in, I used to go, we used to go to Applebee's and I get a cherry <laughs> or cherry Coke with grenadine. And we get like oh. spinach artichoke chip and breadsticks <laughs> and like Alfredo pasta. <laughs> when you haven't ate anything like a couple of days. Oh, now, gosh, now yeah. we're much, we, we're right. much smarter. We understand it. But like, you would be ruined the next day, yeah. like as far as you mm-hmm. like going to the bathroom. So, it, I think it, you got to just fight fun. who's in yeah. front of you. I mean, it's not. I mean, I think we'll definitely be able to tell. This is one of those fights where, yeah. you know, if if Ilya yeah. kind of gets pushed back and it looks a little bit uh, out of his depth, then maybe right. you know there's something to that. But if he runs through Josh Emmett, well, and not man, I don't think anyone runs through Josh yeah. Emmett though. Man, that would be really impressive. Right. The only thing about Emmett is he looks scary on the scale when he like goes to yeah. forty five. Hundred percent. Um, but I will also say like. Ask me after Bryce, Bryce's next fight with Ivoyov because that's a crazy yeah, like, right. thing. See how, see how. And it's similar. Like, if he beats him, it's like, oh, well, maybe there is kind of something to yeah. that. Cause, and you could that make a great case to run that fight back with Tapura and sure. Bryce. I would, and there's I would something watch to the matchups. Yeah, 100%. Uh, they don't just, like each other, do they? Uh, like not really. I I think I think Ilya was just you know Bryce. I don't think Bryce really likes anyone. To be <laughs> I, fair though, I think Bryce is just unapologetically himself, and it's like if you don't agree with him or like yeah. if you're not a rapping flat earther, you're probably not. Gonna yeah, it's such a love. weird dynamic of He's a human being. Dude. He is yeah. one of one, but I love him for it. So from five to ten, we have fights that you know. Yeah. Five to six, those guys, if you get a win, maybe you get close. These next four are all title eliminators or 100%. title fights. Yeah. So uh, number four, 
Um, May 20th at UFC Vegas 73, we have a rematch to possibly determine the next title challenger for the women's bantamweights as Raquel Pennington faces Irene Aldana. Pennington won by split decision in their first meeting in 2019. The winner is very likely to face the winner of the trilogy fight between Nunes and Juliana Pena. Sure, this is probably just the lowest rated one because, especially if Pennington is to win that fight, Amanda's already beat her, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's like... We're nitpicking, essentially, right. but, you know, still a great matchup and definitely number one contender. Mm-hmm. Uh, moving on to number three, not to be left off the 290 train nor the plethora of middleweight fights, we have the official title eliminator as Robert Whitaker faces Drikus Duplessis at previously mentioned UFC 290 with Dana White himself saying that the winner will indeed be fighting uh, recrowned champion Israel Adesanya later this year. Banger. Yeah, it's a gr- and it's a chance for me to win Nathan's truck. So I actually let's be honest. I need to get a, a, a round of applause or something because so, well, so here's the thing. So so the agreement was that you you said Duplay. So I I said John, there's no way Duplay's next fight will be against Israel Adesanya. Not saying Izzy's next fight won't be against Duplay. See, I, I hadn't gone back and listened. I thought you said Izzy's yeah, next fight won't. No, be no, I just said Duplay won't fight Izzy next. I said he's gonna have to beat somebody else right. essentially. But I had this written in my notes to bring this up because I didn't know if you would remember it. <laughs> Never forget. We are literally one Robert Whitaker injury away from me owing you my truck. Because <laughs> if Robert Whitaker drops out of this fight, guess who's fighting Izzy next? Yeah. Like, bang DDP, on. So, baby. Uh, so, so stay, stand by, people. Uh, I don't know how we're going to work this out. Uh, Ash is probably going to kill me. But then again, she discovered this guy named Morgan Wallen, and I'm sick of it. So yeah. uh, we, Maybe I can just get it on the weekends. Yeah, I, I don't know how we're going to figure it out uh but yeah i mean this is just a banger of a fight i just think in terms of the matchup like especially if over these next two that you're going to read it's like i just I, like d like uh do he's a dog but like i just don't see a world where he beats robert whitaker I think, right i now. think people forget how good robert whitaker is and he's getting better every time this yeah. guy's only lost to one person in the past like 13 years and it's, and yeah. it's not like like it's close it's especially good the second fight yeah it's good fights yeah um, but yeah, for this is an opportunity for Whitaker to kind of move past the right. okay, I deserve the trilogy, and for DDP to step up and get the, yeah. the big fight, <laughs> and I get Nathan's truck. Hang in there, Bobby Knuckles. <laughs> Nathan's gonna start messaging him. Hey, man, you good? You need some food? Are you stretched today? Start sending him care packages. Right. So for number two on our list, uh, with the co-main event fight between Charles Oliveira and Benil Darush being moved off of two eighty-eight. Happening May 6th in Newark, New Jersey. We now officially have a new co-main event as number four Gilbert Burns makes a quick turnaround to fight number five Bilal Muhammad. The fight was essentially propositioned and set up through Twitter. Yeah. And as Gilbert was promised to fill in for Covington uh, Edwards fight, you'd imagine that the winner of this should be next in line mm-hmm. for a title shot. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm, I'm here for all of this. I don't even know who I pick. I have no clue who wins that fight. I'm bummed that we only have a week to decide Ugh. that, who wins that Gilbert. fight. Dude, it's going to be a five-round war. I yeah. mean, and it's a quick turnaround. I mean, Gilbert yeah. just fought, what, two weeks ago, three weeks ago? So That's that's what, like, how do you not like Gilbert Burns? Yeah. And Bilal's yeah. coming off the couch from Ramadan, so... Yeah. Yeah, his weight's probably not too bad. Yeah, right. So, True. and at first it was Bilal didn't think he could make weight, and then it kind of came back around. Money probably also talks about and all this as well. It, but hasn't Bilal fought like a couple times during Ramadan, like last minute? Like, mm-hmm. and he's also said he'd go up to eighty five. He said if they're not gonna give me a title shot at seventy, I'll just go fight at eighty five. So. It is eighty five, or no, it is at seventy. I'm yeah. tripping. Sorry. Yeah, it's at seventy. But like, yeah, he literally came out and said he's like, if I'm not getting a title fight at seventy, and they want to keep bumping my name. 
sign me up to fight yeah. Hamza at 85 mm-hmm. or something like you know something yeah. like that. Yeah, but these are just two guys that'll fight anybody, and the winner yeah. looks at getting a chance at the title shot. Yeah. So that's and the only thing that could top that is uh, lastly speaking yeah. on the previously mentioned fight that was removed from 288. 289 now has a co-main event with previous 288 co-main as Charles Oliveira will be facing Benil Darush in Vancouver, Canada, on the same card as Amanda Nunes and Juliana Pena three. After Benil was essentially told he wasn't the consensus number one contender for the lightweight title, they rebook this with charles with the promise for a title shot if for some reason charles was to pull out so yeah i mean i'm glad this gets to happen i mean yeah. you've you've drummed the yeah it's like biggest a, fight you can make yeah. outside of a title fight and yeah i think it's the biggest non-title fight that the ufc can make and i've said it a million times so i'm glad they kept it together yeah and um for benil it gives him a chance to really cement himself because i imagine before he talked to the ufc he thought like oh i'm the going ahead number one contender regardless right. and so that gives him a chance but that's our 10 for yeah. the um the cards that were put out today. The last little bit of uh, news I have. Roy Nelson announced as Jorge Masvidal's first main event for his Bare Knuckle MMA League. Yeah, I saw that. I'll be interested to see how that turns <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Roy Nelson is always exciting. Um, Patty Pimblett saying that his injury was worse than expected, and now after surgery, he'll still be in crutches after six weeks and will be lucky to fight at all this year. Big yeah. blow to him. Yeah. Um, especially after the way the Jared Gordon fight ended and people weren't sure. sure. So, And lastly, Tank Davis defeating Ryan Garcia last night by seventh round TKO with a crazy body shot. Yeah. Uh, pretty much cemented himself as the face of boxing at this point yeah in one of the most exciting divisions in all of combat sports can i say something i saw somebody on facebook that we know and i'm not going to say their name <clears throat> but said something and it's somebody you'd probably laugh that they you know like you would laugh at normally what they say but i kind of wonder if he's onto something because of how weird it was he said so like ryan garcia 100 percent shat himself right like that, right he quit uh, no, like, oh, did like he poop. literally poop? Like, I mean, because hold on, because like, time yeah. out. Because how weird was the post fight where he's like, "Yeah, I'm not. I, I, I'm just not gonna say it. Like, that's all I'm gonna say right now. Right? Is it was a body sh- <laughs> Like, I mean, I mean, like, because if you got hit like that and you pooped your pants, like, yeah. you're not gonna keep fighting. Like, I don't know if you've anybody seen Hot Rod. You punch somebody in the jejunum. <laughs> You know, yeah. you make him do something. Yeah, but hey, it was a great fight. I will say is like a very casual to non-super, like not that into boxing. I thought it was a great fight. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my own, my thing is, and I sent it to you guys, and I, I just like, one thing that annoys me so much about boxing is the sport is 45 minutes from the co-main mm-hmm. event, which is a fantastic co-main yeah. event, by the way. 45 minutes, no fighting, all talking, showing nothing but celebrities and like, oh, let's watch highlights from his last seven fights. Like, let's get, like, the yeah. MMA would never, man. And it's like, to me, that's what makes it so hard is like, with boxing is like, it, it's all about the like One glitz, fight. the glam. And like, I hate to say like, there because there's hardcore boxing fans out there, but they don't, they've got that the whole sport so like high classed out that like a working blue collar person can't afford a fight ticket to that fight last night. Right. Like there's just not no, anywhere close to the ring. For no. Sure. So then like the real fans can't show up to the events. You know, it's a bunch of celebrities that just, I mean, they're there, they're, they're excited probably, but like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like I just, you just don't get that same, like from an MMA, like any, like most blue collared working class person could afford a UFC ticket. Right. Even if it's just a fight night, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that's what even sometimes with fight nights makes those more special when you get those crowds, you know what I mean? Cause mm-hmm. they, they, I don't know. It just, it's just kind of like one of those things where I'm like, why are 45 minutes of no, why so more celebrities can show up and get in their seats too bad. Right. Like show up earlier. Like I, I don't yeah, know. And I think it's tough when you're selling a pay-per-view on one fight, they don't stack right. these cards with, unless you're like a super, like you're super into some of the matchups of but people coming up. But there's boxing is in a bad spot. 
about right yeah. now. There's no doubt. It's the fact that the, the celebrity boxing is now just probably big. bigger, if not just yeah. as big as the biggest fights they could possibly put on. I'm not saying it doesn't do numbers, but what you said, they don't have any other fights. It's, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's just in a really bad spot right now. They don't really have any big up and coming stars that they don't. Well, I think one was made last night. Yeah. Well, I, I think that whole division, like we kind of talked about, that's a good division right now. Mm-hmm. Um, and there, there is, but they just have to keep making yeah. fights like last night. Cause those, that can work, but you just got to do more of it and get two guys like those guys. A, but, to the, but that was, but that's like a rarity yeah. that they yeah. both agree. And then there were so many stipulations. Yeah, and, the rehydration yeah. thing was weird. Well, that could also, I mean, that body shot, you done had to, yeah. you know, the rehydration. There's a there's a lot to that. But that's also on the committee to stop that. Yeah. Um, but huge, huge night for Tank Davis, um, yeah. who's probably looking at the winner of Lomachenko and Devin Haney for he's his next man. fight. Manny Pacquiao was there as well, yeah. and he's been talking about wanting to come back and fight the winner of that fight. I don't think <laughs> no. Manny Pacquiao wants to fight Tank good, Davis. You said Shakur, Shakur Stevenson. That yeah. dude, that could be a good fight too. Yeah, there's just so many I players there. That. Even Frank Martin. He's not there yet, but right. as he works his way up. Beast. Got to support Frank, man. He's yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. There's just well, 135 like in one boxing or two ranked right now, isn't he? I, in probably in one of the promotions. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's there's so many good fighters at 135 in boxing. Yeah, so. I, one thing Ariel Hawani said on the boxing broadcast I told you last night is he said he thinks 135 pounds not only the best boxing weight class right now, but the best in combat sports. And it's like because he brought up you know the UFC. The He's like I think it's the best, and it's like man, there's something to that mm-hmm. for sure. I wouldn't argue it. No, no, not 100 percent. Because I mean, like John said, if you go through probably the five or six top stars right now, they're all in within that weight range as well in boxing. So mm-hmm. that's all we got. Jacob, hit us with a song of the week. What you got? What, what's on? What's on your heart? Mm. I, I'm throwing a curveball at you. I'm putting you on the spot. Uh, let's do some 50 Cent. Okay. Uh, all right. Hate it or love it. I love it. Nice. I do love it. I don't do, hate do, it at do, all. Do, 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 do. Uh, John, what's your one for the people? Uh, I got two things. One, uh, the hat I'm wearing today is a guy who uh, yep. has a clothing line. He's from one of our friends named Sam Sermons. It's called uh, Faith and Fruit Snacks. Yep. Um, really cool hat. And then also- Did I brought, you eat the fruit snacks? Oh, 100%. <laughs> uh, he sent him with it. Also, I'm going to show the camera this. Not that it'll make it, but I got this Israel Asanya card. Five out of 10 on card auto. <laughs> Biggest card in my PC. Really hype about that. I love it. Jacob Herlock, what's your one for the people? One for the people. Um, keep supporting local shows. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I think a lot of people like to, uh, you know, be big on the, you know, buy out the pay-per-views. Go go try to see a local show. Even if you got to drive an hour or mm-hmm. whatever like that, man, it really helps out. You guys don't understand. I mean, we've seen some of these guys at these local shows obviously get to the big show, sure. so that's always cool to see as well. What's coming up? I know there's a um, artist scrap coming up, right? Yeah, this weekend. Uh, yep. Foxy's grappling Nick Aguirre. I saw mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. So uh, Wilson's uh, fighting, and Artist Grab does a good job. They they bring in a lot of high level, good production like too. yeah, good production. Um, then we got like GE fights, Ralph's kickboxing. I was just got a text from the promoter. He's the main event for the kickboxing. Oh, nice. he doesn't know about that. <laughs> um, Breaking news. Yeah. <laughs> Hold uh, on. Going on the news. <laughs> <laughs> we, I, there, there's a lot in Indiana, Lisa. You know, with everything opening back up, there are so many shows. Yeah. Like, I get hit up every week. I mean, like, literally once or twice a week. Hey, we got a show in July. Hey, we got a show in August. I'm like, man, we don't even have enough fighters. Yeah. You got Naga this. coming back? Yeah, we got, dude, a Naga June uh, 10th. I haven't done a Naga since 2010. My first Naga was yeah. 2009. Then I did one in Newcastle in 2010. I haven't never done one since. Why, so. why haven't they came back? They... Uh, man, I don't know. They do really well in like Chicago. They like sell out in like Chicago yeah. and places like I feel that. Like St. Louis, because I feel like right around when I started doing jujitsu, it seemed like 
some people, maybe like Kyle or somebody, was like considering going to St. Louis to do. Well, Naga. Naga gives away like swords and belts yeah. if you win the division. I, so I have two Axes Naga swords for yeah. winning my Naga. But like, uh, since it was a teen, it was just like a sword. But they give belt for the adult adult sure. division. They got weird rules too. Um, like I think you get points for side control, which is different. Like you yes. you don't get point for like passing, <laughs> or I think you get points get for there, passing bro. and for side control. There. So like. A normal jiu-jitsu round, if I hit a takedown and land in side control, I just get my two for the takedown. I right. don't get rewarded for side control. But I think in Naga, they could have changed it, but you get two for the takedown and three for being in side control okay. or something like that. So it's a little weird. I'll have to brush up because it's been so yeah. well, it's been so. Did John long. Jones do a Naga or was that Khabib? One of them did. I think, no, John definitely did a Naga. Yeah. I remember seeing yeah. it. Yeah, he did one. Um Habib did do something. Yeah, I think you just see these guys oh, randomly like, jump into it's these. Like, but like, Sean O'Malley like, did something. Like Cyborg did the the grappling industries at the Arnold. Him and Dante yeah. Leon had a match, and it's like, what are you? you know yeah, what I mean? Right. Or Gor- you know, I had some friends go against Gordon at the at the one they did a couple years back, and I'm mm-hmm. like, man, imagine signing up at like your local <laughs> yeah. knock and Habib's there. This list don't look too bad for my yeah. weight class. Tap, <sighs> tap early, tap often. I guess. What's what's your one for the people, Nate? What do you got? Oh, you know, you want to know what I'm going to, I'll say this. I was actually kind of going to save it, but, uh, I will, I will say, cause it has been on my mind. Sometimes like we always say when we do the podcast, uh, it's so tough to react to something the day after it, right. Or to like fully yeah. process something mm-hmm. that happened. Sure. And I think this week I processed what Israel Adesanya did to Alex Pedeta. And it's one of the greatest mixed martial arts moments I think I've ever seen. Uh, like the celebration, I mean, what tops that? I mean, the three arrows for you know for the yeah. the three losses. I know John's gonna are, love to hear are you all mad, this as Are well. you mad at all about how he holds it? You know, Robert Weir's like, dude, if I held a grudge with every five year old that made fun <laughs> yeah, of me, but like that's kind of like the part of the heel. Like, yeah, you know I like I mean? the pettiness. Like, I mean, it's but just even in that moment to think about doing that is like this dude is just on another planet. Yeah, John's wearing the hunter. Yeah, John's wearing his Izzy shirt today. Yeah. I didn't even see that. I don't know why I thought that was a Black Panther shirt. It's pretty cool. Yeah. I like it. Uh, but then just like the post fight, like the, you know, I hope everybody gets to experience. Like I thought like for, I'll say like a lot of times I find Izzy to be really cringy with a lot of the stuff he mm-hmm. says, but I thought that was a really cool moment. But just to like, it's funny. Like, I don't know. I just, I, I just saw a couple things all at once this week where I'm like, you know what? Like that was like really one of the coolest, like mixed martial arts moments. First two time middleweight champ too. Yeah, we and, didn't but even talk about that because you don't think about it. No, you don't. Well, it's yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's so tough. I mean, we literally do these podcasts like sometimes less than 12 hours right. after the main event goes off TV. So it is tough. But like, yeah, I processed it. And I'm like, man, what a just awesome moment that I'll 100% remember for the rest of my life. Just because it was that like just being shocked, just totally mm-hmm. shocked. So that probably is my biggest one for the people because I I just didn't want to say it because I knew John was gonna like it too much, <laughs> and I hate I hate giving him that satisfaction. But <laughs> be a shame that. Is it, or Chael never got the opportunity to beat him. It is a shame. I mean, Chael, Chael left the division undefeated and undisputed and went to a different organization to win a title at 205 and heavyweight at Bellator. <laughs> that's so, a good point. Yeah, that's true. That is it is a good point. He would have came in, put his head in his chest. Undefeated, <laughs> undisputed, cleanest record of any fighter, never did any... You know, had any mishaps, you know, completely. Did, John, you, did you write his Wikipedia page? <laughs> I would. <laughs> He's the author. This guy donated a hundred bucks to be able to change his record. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So big, big, but yeah, so that's mine. But big episode next week, big week next week. Going to mm-hmm. recap this fight night, obviously. Then we're going to have our picks and predictions. UFC 288, as I mentioned, um, the Josh. MMA draft as well. But 
the kickback live show next mm-hmm. Friday, May 5th, uh, the night before 288. We may say of all of our two, because we're, we're, that's too much to do in one episode, yeah. right? So all our picks and predictions are probably going to be moved to that Friday episode. So make sure you're listening, following our social media. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys next time. Uh, oh, there, there was a big old kiss from Jacob. That was for Izzy. <laughs> Peace. <laughs>